British Love Talk Radio. <laughs> Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, a hot block commander. So he'll be back with us next week But the NBA playoffs are underway So we're going to wrap about that And we're going to give our NBA awards as well So sit back, relax, grab your popcorn And if you're from Philly Pour it on somebody (laughs) If you know, you know You know how we do So of course, you can get in on the conversation yourself By signing in right now to the Bodyhood chat room At blogtalkradio.com Slash the War Room, or you can join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. We'll also be taking your calls in about 20, 30 minutes on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline at numbers 323-410-0012. What up, B? What the guan this week? We popcorn in there. What up, though? <laughs> used Yo, to be batteries. Like to send a few. Now we throwing popcorn. Like to send a, like to send a few shout outs. Yo, shout out to Kwame Brown for everything. <laughs> everything. Kwame's cooking. Sprinkle did, it on it. You said Kwame Brown or Kwame Clown? Which one you say? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Both. <laughs> you going to do a video about <laughs> about me. That's what's up, though. Yeah, man. Uh, crazy week. I mean, I know you're not in the, the area anymore, and I know you don't miss... Um, I think, I mean, I think we've only seen this one time before in our lives, this whole cicada mess that's going on right now. Oh, yeah, it's out of control. Ugly, bug-eyed, singing-ass bugs. Uh, yo, like, <laughs> on, on my butt, like, you don't see them, like, like, back in 2004, when the first time we saw them, we was walking around the streets, and they just everywhere, on trees, on branches, on leaves, on the street, dead. Um, I'm seeing videos and photos of that, but I'm not really seeing that on my block. I'm thinking, you know, the digging that's been done around here in the last five years, they might have something. I don't know. But in the wooded area that's near here, yo, you hear them singing. Like, you open the door, and it's just crazy, crazy noise. If that was, if that were to go on at night, that could be the makings of a horror movie, but they kind of shut up at night. So as long as they stay over there, in their short lifespans, I'm cool. I'm cool. But um, you bring it over here, it's, it's going to be something. <laughs> All right, so look, man, <laughs> before we get started, we just got to remind you guys that whether you're with us live or not, um, anytime we're not live on the air, you can still check out archive episodes of our show and all of our partner shows on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. You can do that either on our own website at warroomsports.com or on one of the main 
always stumble when I try to say many major podcast listening platforms. But y'all know what it is. Many major podcast listening platforms. We're on many major podcast listening platforms. So there's many, never many. Excuse to many, many. So make sure you don't. <laughs> many, men. Um, all right, man. Let's jump right into these hot topics, man. And hot topics are brought to you by my bookie, War Room Family. It's time to make some bread. Sports betting at my bookie. If you still haven't checked them out, look, we give you all the same spiel every week. So we really don't understand why you haven't done it yet. It's time to place your bets. Lay down some dough on all the biggest games in sports. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, whatever you fancy. You can join us, the War Room, and thousands of other online placing bets at mybookie. No excuses when you win. You get your bread. You get it fast. No hassle. They even have in-game live betting, so you can place wagers after you find out whether or not Chris Paul's arm is still dead and he can't dribble more than twice in a row. So join now. My bookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. Use the promo code WARROOM to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid. That's all you got to do. All right, man. So let's start the show by giving out our NBA awards. I know two of them have been awarded already. Um, That would be the most improved player that has gone to Julius Randle. And the um and the and the six man there you go that went to Jordan Clarkson off the bench. But y'all know that we don't go by regular NBA standards when we're talking awards. We don't go by regular basketball standards when we're talking Hall of Fame. We do what we do for us. So we're gonna give out our awards. We don't care who won them, who might win them who might get into the Hall of Fame, who should get into the Hall of Fame. This is what we think. So we're going to uh, do that. Actually, I tried to get Jimmy to, to send me um, his awards so we can read them. Uh, it's cool. On, we're going to speculate on the air. But pick his awards. Yeah, yeah. We're going to pick his awards for us. No doubt. Yeah, um, yeah. So let's, it's only two of us, so we can just go each category, go back and forth with it. Um, so we're going to start with Coach mm-hmm. of the Year. I'll give you all the finalists as well. Finalists for Coach of the Year this, this season. Uh, Quinn Snyder, Tom Thibodeau, and uh, Monty Williams. Uh, who'd you go with on this one, B. Austin? Uh, the Knicks are back. So I went with Tom Tibbs. <laughs> Tom you Tibbs. went with Tommy Tibbs. Knicks are mm-hmm. back. I mean, as far as Knicks fans are concerned, um, they won their first playoff game in a long, 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 long time last night. And um, you can go to social media and see the party that happened outside of Madison Square Garden last night. Kind of seemed like it was 1973 all over again because it seemed like they won the title last night. How they partying outside the garden? Um. Yeah, so I didn't go with, with the tips. Um, I agree. He definitely needed a lot of uh, consideration for this one, but I went with Monty Williams. Um, you kind of saw flashes of what the Suns may have been capable of when they when they ran the table in the bubble last season, but it was too little too late. Um, mm-hmm. But you, you go from not making playoffs to number two seed, 
um, in the Western Conference, that's not nothing. You know, that's nothing to sneeze oh. at. So they go from that's 34 big. wins to 51 wins, and that's 51 wins in a shortened season. There were 10 less games played um, this season, so those dudes were on track. So we round to maybe we round up 60 to games, or at least get up to yeah, 57, 58 games. Um, will be what they were on track to win. So shout out to Monty, shout out to Quinn Snyder, um, who presides over the number one seed in the Western Conference. Um, but if I were to rank them, I would go Monty, Tibbs, and then Quinn Snyder. So shout out to Monty, yeah. um, shout out to Tom Tibbs, uh, B. Austin's pick. And we're just going to go ahead and speculate that Jimmy would have probably picked um, Teron Lou. <laughs> From the Los Angeles. <laughs> 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 we just him out of nowhere. So you got the next one. You can, I was going to give you the benefit. I was going to give you the benefit of the Jimmy's doubt. Uh, Jimmy, go ahead and give you Monty. <laughs> no, right, no, right. no. You, you got his most improved player. I'm, I'm saying Jimmy would have picked Teron <laughs> yeah. Lou. <laughs> All right, so most improved player, the finalist for that. Um, like we said, the winner of the actual award, Julius Randle, uh, Jeremy Grant from the Detroit Pistons, and Michael Porter Jr., who is looking like he's about to be every bit of the superstar in the uh, coming years for the Denver Nuggets. Um, you went first in the last one. So I actually agreed with uh, with the chalk on this one. I'm going with Julius Randle. Uh, Jeremy Grant. Both Jeremy Grant and Michael Porter Jr. both increased their scoring averages by 10 points. Now, Julius almost 25, so he didn't go 10 points like those guys, but he improved all the way across the board. He, his average, he had averages of like 24 and a half, uh, over 10 rebounds a game, and the most impressive stat for a Julius Randle, over six assists per game. Like, Michael Porter Jr. is getting yeah. it in scoring-wise, up in his average by 10, but he averages like 1.2 assists. Jeremy Grant averages like two assists. Um, the dude, Julius Randle, he doing it. He's doing it like Anthony. A playmaker's role. Anthony Mason. And it's like, you know, before this season, mm-hmm. who even knew dude could dribble? So, shout out to Julius Randle. I went chalk on that. Who'd you go with? Shout out to Shake Melton. Um, he got... One vote. My man Shake got one vote, yeah. and he deserved it. Yeah, he averaged yeah. over thirteen a game look. for our Philadelphia his, Sixers. His, his his vote was shaky though. Um, I'm going to <laughs> bars. go ahead and explain some context on this. So mm-hmm. when you thought of when you looked at Jeremy Grant and you looked at his lineage and you you understood you know kind of what he could do college wise. What did you think or project Jeremy Grant to do in your mind? Career-wise, period. Yeah, just career-wise, and and I mean, did you did you see him as a as a as an All Pro or, or or Hall of Famer? Did you see him as a a, a once in a while uh, All Star? Did you see him as a serviceable player? Just just kind of where where did you um, see him? So everything you, you said, no, 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 and maybe for serviceable. Um, I, I definitely Maybe didn't service. see him ever being in the mix to improve enough to be a part of the most improved conversation. I never saw him being in the mix of being the leader and leading scorer 
on any the, on franchise, the, yeah. even though the Detroit Pistons are terrible. Jeremy Grant mm-hmm. showed some, you know, because remember, Jeremy Grant is a, a, a product of the process. Shout out to, to Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, he showed some flashes of being better than anybody thought. Because I, I, I don't know if anybody ever thought about Jeremy Grant besides the fact that okay he was you know he's a son of of Harvey and nephew son of Har- Harvey yeah. Of, and, yeah, and, and nephew, of, nephew of Horace. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. I remember you know you and I when we used to go to um, stunt on everybody and we used to go to the Wizards game and sit front row next to Floyd Mayweather. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> remember that time and the, and the wink and wink at his bird and his bird would be back <laughs> right. But when the Sixers were coming to town back in their like twelve win days, um, and if you played a little too well, you know they'd put you on the bench and let somebody else get a shot at it. You know those were around the, those times when they were allowing Jeremy Grant to get his shot to see if they could, you know, up his value a little bit to to trade him off like they ended up doing. So to answer your question, no, I I, I saw him as serviceable. I saw him as mm-hmm. you know. One of the players that comes off your bench to give you like hustle man minutes. I didn't see this from Jerry right. Grant. Right. I don't know how far okay. they can take this with him being their number one, but Jeremy Grant so ending Jeff, up Jeff, being your third best player, you might have something there. <laughs> Dev Dev uh Dev is taking this exercise very seriously. I appreciate that analysis <laughs> of Jeremy Grant. Uh I'm gonna be a little bit more brief on Michael Porter. Uh, despite his political leanings and the fact that he sells out all black people everywhere outside of basketball, um, <laughs> I anticipated him being a very good Trump-supporting right. uh, sellout to black people on the basketball court. I anticipated him being good. Right. I it was, it was injuries Randall. that held him back from being good right away. You know what I mean? He came in injured. Yeah, so, yeah. It was just he came in with a broken back, spinal. Um, I Doc said he needed a backyotomy. I looked at Julius Randle and I said, all right, this young man is going to end up one of three places. He's going to either a dead or in jail, end oh, up sorry. on one, 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 uh, one contract, one, uh, doing porno movies out in Van Nuys, California. Um, <laughs> he's going to end up playing in Kazakhstan 13 years from now, getting more money than he's worth in the Kazakhstan league because he wants to play for the Lakers. Uh, option three, dead. Option four, in jail. I never in my wildest dreams yeah. thought that this dude would be averaging what he's averaging. So my point is the reason why he's my most important player 25, 10, and 6 sounds like something LeBron does. Julius Randle sounds like he serves you orange juice at a diner, and he's just tall. And you look at him and say, oh, honey, he could play ball. Like, I never saw a dude doing this. So, for me, he he will forever be the most improved player, just like Jamal Crawford will forever be the sixth man, even if Jordan Clarkson wins it. Well, um... Yeah, man, I, I I give it to him. My my pick is is Julius uh, Julius Randle. Um, shout out shout out to him, man. Shout out to him because I I definitely did not see this coming. Um, Jimmy's pick for most improved player would be Mike Conley. 
And if you listen to our podcast, <laughs> explain that. Explain why. All right, Mike Conley. All right. Mike Conley, that's who you So let's go. I had another order, but I know we're going to talk about that. Let's go to another one that has already been picked before. Let's go to Sixth Man of the Year. Um, as we mm-hmm. mentioned, Jordan Clarkson has already received the award. Um, but the three finalists for the Sixth Man of the Year award was Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles from the Utah Jazz as well. Um, so, you know, they, they were like How the Clippers. How do you Clippers. have two they were like the Clippers last year. Remember, they had Trez and um, uh, Lou um, Will. Yeah, Lou Willville, who, you know, between Lou Willville and Jamal Crawford, probably Crawford, the, the award should be named. Or maybe it should be the, you know, the Jamal Crawford, Lou Williams, Sixth Man of the Year award. Um, but yeah, Crawford they and had Williams. two. The Crawford and Williams uh, finalists last year, pretty much. Um, so, so Utah has two this year. <laughs> and a defensive player of the year uh, candidate as well. So um, this was pretty easy for me. Um, and I see, I saw it firsthand, saw Jordan Clarkson, you know, first of all, he lit up the Sixers when we played them. But, you know, just any, any <laughs> Utah game that, that we ended up watching this season, Don't you know, he would come off the bench and, and, and do, do work. He averaged 18.4 points per game. And we kind of know that, I mean, if a six-man comes off the bench and gives you scoring and he gives you extra, that's just icing on the cake. We know six-man, you're just supposed to be on some Vinny, you know, the microwave type stuff. You're supposed to come off the bench and give your team buckets. You know, a six-man in the year war usually goes to dudes who average more than most of the dudes in their starting five. So this was an easy one for me. I go chalk with this as well. Jordan Clarkson. Shout out to Joe Ingles and Derek Rose, who were the other two finalists. Um, you know, D. Rose is – I'm not going to say he's back because you're going from MVP to six-man consideration. But it's good to see Derek close, Rose though. still in the he's mix. Close. And, and, you know, still being a, a factor in this league, man. Shout out to Jordan Clarkson. Who you got? Uh, talk as well. Uh, Jordan Clarkson isn't really – he's a starter who doesn't start. Like the type of production and minutes that they get out of him, like he's, 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 he's always the best player on the floor when the second units are out there. He's an extra starter, so you know I, I've seen his game progress uh, completely. And and shout out to Derrick Rose. I hope now you end up back in someone's starting lineup at some point and uh, competing for an All Star bid, man. All Star and I, I see your work. Man. You ain't back to what you was, but you are definitely carving out a Grant Hill esque type of career that you can be. And I'm and I'm thinking at this point, like even a team like the Knicks probably only bringing Derrick Rose off the bench is because if you first of all you, you don't want to play Derrick Rose a ton of minutes with his injury history. Um, secondly, I just think on most of these teams where he's been a six-man savant the last few years, it's probably like it's better. It's a better option of him coming off the bench and being that calming presence for your second unit than the younger guy that they're starting in front of him. Let the younger guy play with the starters so he have 
more opportunities to make mistakes because they got better players to, you know, kind of cover up for those mistakes. Mm-hmm. Bring Derrick Rose off the bench so he can kill it with the second unit. And then you have him in the game, like, moments where you need him. You know what I'm saying? He's probably playing more important yeah. end moments of, end down of the, the stretch. Let him close it up. some of these young boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you, you let your quicklies and, and cats like that get the, the starters minutes, and, but you let Derrick Rose get – the important minute. It's a so shout out to, to D Rose, but we're both going with Jordan Clarkson. And I think um, Jimmy on this one probably would have picked, uh, let's go with Mike Scott from the Philadelphia mm-hmm. 76ers. I think mm-hmm. Jimmy would have went with Mike Scott. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, Mike Scott averaged a paltry. points per game, two rebounds, um, and and point eight Mm -hmm. assists. So you know that's a strong. But Jimmy, but Jimmy, but Jimmy um, values that. Jimmy values. Yeah, yeah. You know Jimmy don't like Robert types. Like score. Robert Ory types. Yeah, Robert Ory off the bench. Come off the bench, miss a couple threes. You know what I'm saying? Get credit for stuff that you ain't really have nothing to do with. Yeah, Mike Scott. Mike Scott. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Shout out to him. All right, so let's go. So rookie of the year, and, you know, y'all probably don't even need to hear from us with this one because we've argued this one for the last 10 weeks at least. But the three finalists of rookie of the year would be uh, Tyrese Halliburton from the Sacramento Kings, Anthony Edwards from the Minnesota Timberwolves, and LaMelo Ball from the Charlotte Hornets. Um, Yeah, shout out to you, Tyrese. This is a two-man race here. Um, LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards. Should I ask you who you got B? <laughs> Why would you? I wouldn't ask me who I, I don't have. know. I don't Sorry, know. No, I don't know. know. You know how MJ say though, we don't take we don't take any days off. Kobe said it too because, you know, there might be somebody out there who might be listening for the very first time. You know what I'm saying? So, you know. They don't know. True, if you know, true. you know, but Yo. a lot of y'all don't know. Yo. So who you got on this? Salute salute to the kid that stepped in the league and, and, and let everybody know. Played 71 of 72 games. Played 32 minutes a game and was mm-hmm. dropping damn near 20 on their eggs. Anthony Edwards, there's no question. Mm-hmm. For the for the for the last point two points per for game. the last month maybe last month maybe month and a half of the season he ain't averaged nothing under twenty so if he none, none. Anthony Edwards had a shaky first thirty five thirty six games after that it clicked and he just started destroying boards did it on on the board maybe you know maybe that dunk <laughs> at the at the pumped on ball. Pause. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the confidence level might have went crazy. Now, you know, believe it or not, for the people who do listen to the show, like this was a difficult decision for me. I think I'm going to stick with my guns with LaMelo Ball. But it became difficult because of the 21 games that LaMelo ended up missing when he when he broke his wrist. Um, mm-hmm. he, 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 but he did what he did in 31 starts, 28.8 minutes per game he had to come in i mean they're both they're all they're both rookies so they both had to come in and take what was there kind of take those spots 
from people that the coaches thought, you know, we could start over these cats in the beginning of the season. Not really the same for Tyrese Halliburton. Like, he kind of – point guard got hurt because he's not taking uh, De'Aaron Fox's spot, no matter, you know, what he did. He's not taking that spot. Um, so, you know, Melo, except for scoring, of course, Anthony Edwards averaged over 19 a game. Melo averaged almost 16 a game. But led all rookies in rebounds, assists, and steals as well. So I just couldn't overlook all the categories. Because put it like this, I think it was close, like I said, because he missed those games. And even when he came back, I wouldn't say he picked up right where he left off. He did some mm-hmm, stuff. He did. But it wasn't at the exact same level. But mm-hmm. I think he might have, you know, in my head, done done enough to, to hold Ant off. And truthfully, mm-hmm. I hate when they do this mm-hmm. whole, you know, tie, this Grant Hill, Jason Kidd thing. But I actually wouldn't mind it if they did it this year because, you know, mm-hmm. I think at, at the end it came down to that. But I'm going to go I'm gonna go LaMelo Ball, never lost. I know B. Austin don't like mm-hmm. his top. But but I'm I'm gonna give I'm gonna give B Austin to 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 become this young boy's uncle. We we just gonna show him a better way. That's all. You know what I mean? No no no. My nephew, <laughs> it, yo, my nephew we gonna show Anthony Edwards. They can be cousins. <laughs> they can be cousins. Man. No, they you 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 seen them two brothers? They not from the same family. They can be cousins, man. I'm telling you. No. Uh, I would say so you, that uh yeah. So Anthony Edwards is my rookie. And Jimmy, okay. uh, I, he called me, he texted me, and he said that his uh, his pick is Precious Achua of the uh, <laughs> no, Miami he Heat. Precious. Oh, that's a Precious. Yeah, he went with the bull Precious. <laughs> he went with the bull uh, Precious. He, he was between Precious and OB. Okay. Between Bars. <laughs> Bars. Yeah. All right, if so you let's, know go, you know. let's go defensive player of the year. Three finalists for that. Um the the multi uh time winner Rudy Gobert uh another former winner Draymond Green and the newcomer Ben Simmons um mm-hmm. who you got on this one oh no no I, I'll go first I'll uh, go first on the last one oh go ahead, um go ahead. We, we know what all three of these cats uh bring to the table more so Rudy and Draymond because they they've been there before shout out to um, the Pistons of the 2000s. Um, we've been there before. Um, man, Rudy is a presence that has to be respected all game long. He brings a fear to the game. Even if he's not playing great defense at the moment, he brings a fear to the game because of what he's done, what he can do. The shot changer. Draymond, I mean, you know Draymond you know, the self-proclaimed greatest defender in NBA history. This may sound a little biased, but I'm going to go with Ben Simmons because it's it's a little bit different from those two guys. Rudy, we know big men defenders, they're always going to be a part of this, especially if they're good shot blockers. And like I said, shot changers. If they could just stand in the middle and make people that if somebody's cooked, and the game is still close, he's going to get that assignment to slow this dude down. And I've seen this dude change so many games this season just by being switched on to somebody in the fourth quarter and putting them in the <laughs> what Philly fans call the penitentiary. It's a penitentiary. It's real. 
And the Lock craziest up. part about it, and I've expressed up. this on many of episodes, right Ben. I, I've, I've expressed this on many episodes. I still don't even think, even though I think he's defense, defensive player of the year, I don't think he's the best defender on his team. But Matisse Thibault is just not playing enough minutes to be considered in this, even though his defensive statistics, if that's what you want to look at, are up there with the league leaders in these categories. So once he develops some sort of jump shot and they turn him into, you know, what could potentially be the best 3 and D guy in the league, he won't be considered for this award. But as soon as he jumps into the starting lineup, Ben is going to have competition from his own teammate uh, for this award. But I'm going to go with Ben Simmons. What say you? I got to go with Rudy Yoker because he listens to the pod, and if I don't, he'll cry. <laughs> I don't want the boy to be crying. I don't want that big seven foot boy to be yeah. crying, man. That's, that's nasty. He get the snotty nose and, and get the whining. So, and um, he'll, either cry, he'll either cry or he'll come sneeze on you or something. Shout out to Draymond Who don't get no message um, he, He's an all time favorite of, of ours But I do feel like Draymond has gotten The big head boss And I'm not really Here for it Like I, I And I believe everybody should be confident Like you should Confidence is a, is a, is a beautiful thing Be confident until you're borderline delusional which Draymond is but Draymond honestly believes that the Warriors would not be the Warriors without him and I mean he took stuff from cats like us who used to you know give him credit for being the quote-unquote glue yeah the glue I think yeah the glue yeah he he might have thought that glue meant something else because yeah, he he's definitely talking these days like he's Steph, Clay, Yo. Kevin, yeah, um, yeah, know, cats yeah. Like and, I, that. and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here for it. I'm not. He, uh, he and said, I'm a Draymond like, fan. Don't even get me wrong. But and I, I am too. I am too. Yeah, yeah. Man, got no I, but I just can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't, man. I can't do. I you need some. You need a timeout, bro. Hey, I, and a part of this. Me not voting for you is you need a timeout. You need a time. You need to relax. You need to relax. So yeah, Rudy. Rudy Yogurt. Uh, honorable mention to uh, to Ben. And I've seen I've seen that, but having watched Bible, um, mm-hmm. that influenced my decision on Ben. Because you're right. I don't think he's better than Bull defensively. I don't. Now, right. if they both get on the court at the same time, right. truthfully, man, I don't know how we're going to score. Think I don't know how we're going to score, but, but I don't right. know how they, that's the, the other thing. team will score with them two out there. But you've seen it. Like, there have been games when Doc, when games were close, coming down to the wire, mm-hmm. and Doc sick those two dogs on the other team, and they could do nothing. I remember a Pacers game um, a while back mm-hmm. where – Doc sicked them two dudes on the Pacers when they had a slight lead in the fourth quarter. They also started to run a zone at one point and just let those two lock up the top. Nothing could get past the foul line. Nothing could get past the mm. foul line. Like, letting those mm. two dudes That's play a zone is probably a cheat code. 
It's probably a cheat code. Them two dudes at the top of the zone. All right, so shout out to shout out to the the defensive player of the year finalists. Um, Jimmy, knowing that the you know the type of conversation we've had on air, I think Jimmy would probably go James Harden. Um, for this. Yeah, season. definitely. Yeah, or yeah, or, Kyrie, or no, he really would have put pick Kyrie. You triple. Yeah, I think he. I, I, I definitely think he would be stumped between some players on the Brooklyn Nets. So James Harden, Kyrie, mm-hmm. um, one of them two mm-hmm. dudes. All right, so MVP, last but not least, the three finalists are the Joker, Joel Embiid, and Chef Curry. All right, who you got? We like a date on what we thought. What's your final? What's your final answer on MVP? This is a completely biased pick, and I admit it. Joel Embiid, and why? He's been dominant. He's been balling. He's had an MVP-worthy season. But I don't right. necessarily – listen, he's missed a few games as well, but he's a sixer, damn it, Joel and me. <laughs> Man, and I want to pick him so bad. If we were just picking up a squad, I'd pick him over Joker and Chef right now. Um, mm-hmm. Chef, you're my man, 50 grand. I, I, If he won it, it would be to, like – first player in the last 40 years to win the MVP and not make the playoffs. All flack y'all gave my man Russ about winning the MVP when his team was an eighth seed, seventh seed, something like that. Like, I'm not trying to – I'm not here for all the chefs should get MVP, and they didn't even make the playoffs. But we already know where that Mm -hmm. comes from. People love Chef. People don't like Russ. Um, Mm -hmm. Y'all know who you are. Um, and, and when Russ did it, you know, I mean, it was mainly off of a feat that they thought would never, ever, 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 ever be accomplished again in the NBA. I mean, he does it every year now because he's just that bull, but you know, that was a part of it. Chef did some things this season. You know, he went on a, a few scoring binges, um, led the league in scoring, but there's nothing he did that would make me think that he deserves the most valuable player when his team couldn't even get into the playoffs, even when they were granted two opportunities to get into the playoffs with the play-in tournament. So come on, y'all. Chef is my man, 50 grand. But nah, I'm going to go, I'm going I'm to reluctantly go with the Joker on this. Joel Embiid definitely. I've never seen, yo, hold on. I've never seen uh-huh. a center average eight assists. Never seen it. And, and that's the thing, man. I mean, ah. Joe average, Joe average twenty eight and a half. Joker average twenty six and a half. Over ten boards and eight assists per game. Like he's the catalyst. I kind of thought, okay, Jamal Murray's gonna go. You know, Jamal Murray gets hurt. We'll really see what it is. I'm not gonna give him all the credit because Michael Porter Jr. did step up at that point. They did make the trade for Aaron Gordon so it wasn't as bad for the Joker as it probably would have looked had they lost Jamal Murray like last season but I still got to give him his props man he's the leader of the team he held that thing he held that team together um like you said the boy he he almost averaged a damn triple double as a center um and I've never seen nothing like that he didn't miss he, he was one of 11 players that didn't miss a game this season I'm not mad like I'm not I'm not holding 
missing games for injury against Joel, but Joel missed a lot of games where he was just load managing, not playing the, the second game of a double uh, uh, back to back. Which hey, in the end of the, at the end of the day, for me as a Sixers fan, his health and this playoff run is way more important than this. So you know, I'm 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 cool with those decisions at the end of the day, even though you know I'm from an era and I'm from a cloth. Like like Mike and Kobe said, like you never know who spent their last to grab a ticket to see you, and this is the only opportunity they're gonna get. So you try to play every night, unless you you know there's nothing you can do to 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 help it. So a shout out to to the to the MVP finalists. Who you think Jimmy would have would have gone for in this? Enzijas Pasanikis. From uh, the Washington Wizards, he, he uh, and 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 just most viable spelling A N Z E J S Panzikniks P A S E C N I K S. He's a center for the Washington Wizards. He's played six minutes this season. Because if he get the cooking, you know what I'm saying. Y'all gonna all yeah. see why. Jimmy picked him for for his MVP. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. those are yeah, we'll see. the 2021 War Room Sports uh, NBA awards. Uh, Skyview says CP3 got robbed. Um, I actually think, I mean, I, I don't think he got robbed for the actual award, but I do think I don't know if if you're doing three finalists, then it's like. I don't know. If you're doing three finalists, I think he has to be there over Chef. I think he has to. I know what Chef did this year. Um, I don't know, but this is because you know Chris Paul still got a, a you know he still got Devin Booker next to him. That's arguably the leader of the team as well. So it's always hard when you got somebody on your team that's kind of canceling your credit out a, a, a little bit because like I said, we didn't get to see the full story because they just fell short in the bubble, but you kind of saw flashes of this last season. Like if you took that eight games from the bubble, you'd be like, okay, the Suns could be much better next year. Maybe not second seed better, but you you saw that an improvement was coming. And then you bring somebody like Chris Paul that can just, you know what I'm saying? You got to give him his props. So, yeah, robbed is a strong word, but I don't know. I'm pretty sure if there were four or five finalists, I'm pretty sure his name would have come up in that. But I don't think he's the MVP of the league. So if that's what you're saying, Skyview, then, you know, shout out to you. But I don't think he got robbed for the award. Uh, you got thoughts on that, B? You think Chris Paul should be league MVP? Or... Hell no. <laughs> I just think I think he's I think I think he's he's shown his value. I think he's had uh a a great a great run. Um and he's he's brought something to the Suns that was completely necessary. But there's only one guy that should even get whispers for M V P on that team. And that's Devin Booker. If they don't have Devin Booker, the you know, yeah. man, I Come on, man. Salute to Chris. Salute to Chris Paul. Salute to him. He 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 balled. He balled very very well. But I'm I'm not here 
to allow any more people uh, to get MVP awards with 16, 8, and 4. Right, so no, no more that Steve Nash. Yo, Steve Nash. <laughs> no more Steve, Steve Nash. Nash. Yeah, Steve Nash was much too close to me at that time as a player than he was to Kobe, and uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not here for that. Not sixteen, four, and 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 eight. That's that's not most valuable player worthy. When you put Steve, when you put Chris Paul's statistical value. And even from an eye test, when you stay, when you put him against Curry, against Joker, against Embiid, one of these things is not like the others. Man, I looked at Joker's stats and I watched that Doughboy play. Yo, dog, he different. I ain't even mad <laughs> yeah, at that pick. I'm still rocking. I'm rocking with, with with Embiid. But how you how you a center averaging eight assists? He can't how's run. That, how's that even? He can't jump. And we know these days, you know, a lot of seven-footers, you know, can do a lot of guard-like stuff. But he's not built like one of those seven-footers. He's built like an old-school, slew-footed, seven-foot, big man, clumsy man. But he still does that athletic seven-foot guard-like stuff better than all the seven-foot athletic guard-like dudes. It's crazy. He's tough, man. (laughs) He's tough, man. And also, I, I, would, I, think, I, I think as a finalist, like, I would say somebody like Giannis got robbed more than Chris Paul. Yeah. yeah. Giannis ain't have a fall off from the last two MVPs he won. They just got Giannis, uh, um, you know, they just tired of giving it to him or, or tired of even putting his name. They, 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 up they, in tired, they got Giannis tired fatigue. of giving it to him <laughs> or, or they're paying, they paying attention to his the weaknesses in his game. And you just Which can't out monkey everybody, everybody in the playoffs. Everybody, you know, when that gets pointed out, when you get that kind of a claim and then you go to the playoffs and you crack the bed, then they start looking at your weaknesses yeah. more. And then no matter what you do in a regular season, they're not looking at you the same way. So I, good point, B. That's, that's definitely yeah. what, they're, what they're doing we'll to Giannis get, We'll right get now. in the playoffs, and, and it's not that he disappears, but the defenses are way better. Defensive intensity is way higher, and he just yeah. turns into, you and, know, just a and, really, I mean, really good player. Yeah, and the goal line defense gets a little better. So when he taking handoffs yeah. up the middle, it's not as easy as it is uh, to bust through the goal line as it is in the, in the regular season. On on the halfback dive? Right. If y'all listen to our show on the regular, then y'all know exactly what we're talking about. Um, shout out to Blueprint, who said Giannis is the best running back in the league. Um, Scott, mm-hmm. you said, B, they haven't made the playoffs in 10 years. Talking about the Suns. He understands that, mm-hmm. though. He just said that, you know, mm-hmm. Devin Booker is a big part of that. Um, I don't know. It, mm-hmm. It's a good argument of who the most viable player on the Suns is, but I don't think either one of them is the most viable player in mm-hmm. the league or three finalists. No, no, no. No, they're not. The I think they're both equal, equal, uh, equal in value. Chris Paul brings brains mm-hmm. and floor generalship. And 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 Devin Booker brings that almighty invaluable pistol. That that hundred shot, hundred shot drum <laughs> magazine that you need in any basketball team. If you don't have a hundred drum shot magazine, I don't care all that stuff Chris Paul does, which is great. If you don't got the if you don't got the finisher, if you don't got the guy that's willing to put the put the blicky up into the mouth and pull the trigger, what good is you know? 
other stuff. So I to, think you're he, equal he, as important. He needs somebody yeah. to assist too. Right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of Chris Paul, man, let's talk about some of these playoff series because Chris Paul seemingly is doing what he does every playoff run. Um, it just might have gone a little quicker this mm-hmm. time. He gets into the playoffs. He's playing great. Everybody's, you know, buzzing about Chris Paul. And then the injury comes. Like, that is a referendum on Chris Paul's whole career. Um, at some point in the playoffs, he's going to get injured, and your team is going to have much le- less of a chance of beating somebody, especially a team that a lot of people didn't think they were going to beat in the first place. Game one. The Suns looked great against the Lakers. Anthony Davis was struggling. Um, LeBron was kind of coasting along. Um, you know, it, it, th- things that, that usually happen with a, with a Chris Paul-led team. And then he injured his shoulder. He came back into the game, but he was clearly not the same player. And then even in game two that they ended up losing, he was clearly not the same player because of that shoulder. B, I don't know how much of those games you watch, but after he got hurt, Chris Paul couldn't dribble the ball with his right hand three times straight. He dribbled twice the next Yo. one. It's like his arm was dead and lost track of where the ball was supposed to come back off the floor. It was like one of them things where you're dribbling a basketball, you got a you outside and you got an old Yo, ball with a they're literally, flat ball with a bubble in it. They're literally scared. Yo, it seemed like he got a bubble in the ball, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, yeah. I, I, I saw I saw I saw he and they're literally scared to take him out of the game because he'll throw a temper tantrum or shoot somebody in the locker room. But right. he's hurting. Right. He's hurting the team at this. Point. I don't know who they're back up to, but this. But he's hurting the team. Uh, but, campaign, Cameron Payne, the dude he used to dance with Russell Westbrook during the introductions in OKC. Little young boy that looked like um. He looked like the boy that played. Who did he play in the movie Sad Hours? <laughs> Okay, I don't know his name, but but yeah. Um, so you kind of understand why, like, like we need you, CP. Um, that Albert boy. But a lot of the responsibilities has fallen to Devin Booker, and like you said, Devin Booker is the fifty-shot clip. He's not really the yeah, playmaker, he ain't up the nobody team else. runner. He ain't making yeah, no so yeah. he's doing his best in that role, but it just wasn't the same in Game Two with the hobble uh, Chris Paul. Um, in game two, though, the Lakers, uh, especially Anthony Davis and LeBron, they played so well down the stretch. I don't really think a healthy Chris Paul would have mattered much. But moving forward forward in this series, man, if Chris Paul can't dribble the ball three times, <laughs> they're in trouble. You know, they're in trouble because you're just going to have Devin Booker going down swinging, shooting. But, you know, they're already undersized in comparison to the Lakers. Chris Paul is the one who gets those other guys into the game, those other guys who can't get their own shots, the the, the Aitons of the world. Um, you know, you have a really good young player in Bridges, but he still needs that veteran presence, you know, to kind of lead him as well. So, yeah, it looks like they might be in trouble, man. And a lot of people didn't think that they would beat the Lakers in anyway. Um, so any other – what else have you noticed from the playoffs from round one so far that stands out that we just need to give a couple bars to? Well, bars. Um, I, I I hate – and this is probably from the arguments that we 
But I hate when Russell Westbrook loses because every decision, and as you would say, referendum on his career, except for when he loses, is brought to bear. Is brought to bear when he loses. When he has a bad game, everything good he's ever done—the seventy-five point one percent winning percentage on trip dubs—it goes out the window. So at that. That's what I'm saying. It's not Brad even that it goes out the window because the people who don't want to acknowledge the greatness of what he does as far as the triple double is concerned, they don't even acknowledge that he wins seventy one percent of the games from the door. So <laughs> seventy five. Like, no, so not seventy one. Yeah. No, my, my bad. My bad. Yeah, seventy five. No yeah, seventy five. Yeah, they don't even acknowledge that from 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 start. So you know they're definitely not gonna Yo. not gonna acknowledge it when he takes a loss. Brad, but that's Brad, the thing. Brad Beal. That's that pattern. But when he doesn't get them, mm-hmm. they don't win. And he hasn't gotten them in these first yeah. two games against the Sixers. Yeah. And they don't win. Yeah. <laughs> the Sixers are too are too much for that team. That Washington team isn't bad. It's not a bad team. But the yeah. Sixers they're just too, are real they're just too dependent. They're too top-heavy on two guys. Two guys. I mean, they yeah. have and, nice, and you're depending. nice young player. Okay, my bad. Mm-hmm. No, I was gonna say there there you got Russ, you got Bradley Beal, who we all agree is an overachiever to begin with. So now he's overachieving on one leg. His leg right. isn't isn't he 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 dropped thirty three or thirty five the last game and he on one he on one leg. Like I really, really respect his game and what he's done because when Brad Beal came in the league, I thought he was gonna be a standstill knockdown shooter. He couldn't dribble. Like he's turned himself into something. And now he got all something spectacular. Maybe winding cats up. Yeah, he mm-hmm. he he tough man. I, I respect them. Um, so they're, 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 they're just not they're just a warm up player. And Hachimura, you know, they don't have any super legitimate bigs. They got bigs that you'll give some props to for hustling. Gafford. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robin Lopez, steady veteran, mm-hmm. backup though. So, but it, nothing, they, nothing that's going to scare anybody. Um, I I noticed that uh, Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets have at least two of the Infinity Stones. Um, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't, re- it ain't fair. It ain't, it ain't yeah. fair. Like, it ain't, it is not fair. You can watch, you I don't watch them struggle offensively and still end up beating a team by double digits. <laughs> they just off night and giving you and giving they did you that in game a one. fifteen point. And it's like, yo, they're not right. they're not fair. I don't even know if Kevin Durant is back. Yo, they're so good offensively. And I see Kevin doing his thing and he's put he's he, but I don't even know if he's back because no one can double him and who Right. How, how can you tell? Mm. He doesn't face any adversity. He's just out there. Who, There's no litmus test of whether he's, he's full yeah, KD he just, yet. Yeah, he gets 30. He gets 30. He fall into 30 accidentally. He just get 30. And then and then your man, when he decides to come in from the insane asylum to, to hoop a little bit, then he go and get 30, and then he go back on vacation. And then, and then Mark Henry, fat boy at point guard, he'll go off real quick. You know, they're, un, they're unstoppable. I, I I really, really have gelled, and I'm not sure that they have. 
But if they really gel, yo, Joe Harris is balling. You seen Joe Harris the other night? Yeah. Joe Harris but is it's, balling. But even for, for, for Joe Harris, it's so much easier for him now because of the people that he has around him. Because Joe, Joe Harris is yeah, not just shooting. He's so open. Joe, like, damn, let me see what a layup feel like. You know what I mean? Even though he's yeah, the, me, the best three point shooter in the league percentage wise. He's like, let me see what this layup feel like. I'm open y'all like thought, y'all thought y'all thought all I could do y'all thought all I could do is shoot a three. Hey man, I got a forty inch vertical. Let me show you dude, he would not do Yo. any of that on another team. Joe Harris doesn't even look like he played ball though. He just he just look like he just look like he's <laughs> he somebody's ball. neighbor, man. He just look like he's somebody's neighbor. He look like he cut grass. Um he he look like the dude you look out your window, he out there setting up his uh setting up his sprinklers. Like mm. <laughs> walking his dog. Mm. But you know, Joe Joe's Yo, doing his thing. Joe Harris out there giving out buckets and I don't even think it's Joe Harris giving out buckets. Or just running around with Thanos. So and, uh, running around with Thanos Skyview is his his birthday as well. He threw his uh he threw his Word. resume in the chat. He said his resume thirty eight point uh, high game at Washington State High School, state champion, European champion in 84, all-division, all-state point guard. <laughs> Shout out to, to the okay. Skyview. Shout out. Happy birthday. Happy born day, good brother. All right. So before we get to the phone lines, because I see, um, uh, I see uh, Tobias in the chat hating. <laughs> Always saying it's me, mm-hmm. like it's my fault. Mm-hmm. Like I'm the only one here talking. But in the chat, he he actually says, you know, he lives out in uh, Arizona. He said Devin Booker been putting up big stats since he got in the league, but the team sucked. The Suns would have been in the mix for yeah, yeah, play-in yeah, without CP3. Yeah, that's definitely true. But at some point, when people mm-hmm. become super, that don't make him the MVP. Team, I was about to say the I team. Agree with that, but it don't make him the, right. The team improves at at some point so you know whether they would have been in the mix for the for a play-in if they would have gotten to the playoffs with an eighth seed seventh seed i agree with you none of that makes cp3 the mvp of the league like the suns ain't that damn good <laughs> but they de- they definitely had a great season man they, they definitely had a great season but i just can't throw that on the shoulders of of one dude um, but CP3, I will give you this though. He gets in the situation, so it's like either you gotta roll with it, or you just, you know, there's context to it, and you, you're you're worried about what that context is. But he gets into situations where it looks like sometimes, like man, CP3 came in and everything changed. But then, uh, you know, people don't acknowledge all the other changes that the team went through. People don't acknowledge the fact that some teams may have been improving already. But he definitely, you know, if you're just looking ball, at it from, center, a, from uh, a shallow the eye, Aiton, the ball he got Aiton much coming better. into his own. Yeah, he, he definitely got much better. But, you know, there's people out there that's going to say, it's because of Chris Paul. You know, Chris Paul taught him how to play. So, shout out to, to CP. Um, like I said, if, you, if you're going to give me, which they do in the voting, like the voting, you're going to see at least 10 dudes. I'm sure his name was in there, but top three or or getting the award itself, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Scott, you said Joe Harris looks like a radical accountant. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's a I, radical I, accountant. 
All right, so um, I'm, I'm just thinking about these other series here to see if there's anything else that needs uh, any any bars. Um, I guess we can just update the playoffs real quick. Um, the Bucks and Heat, uh, the Heat. I mean, the Bucks are up 2-0. Kind of look like um, they're they're in the mood for a little revenge from last season when the Heat put them out of the playoffs on their way to the on their way to an unlikely. NBA Finals appearance. Um, game one started off a little shaky for the Bucks, and you thought that it might go in that same direction, but then when they went to overtime and Chris Middleton stepped up and showed everybody, you know, why he's an all-star, um, the, the, the second game, it, it was a blowout. So the Heat are, are up against the ropes right now, trying not to go down to that mat. So we'll see how that goes. You know, the Suns and Lakers are tied at one game apiece. Suns are in big trouble if the MVP, Chris Paul, you know, if he can't dribble the ball. Um, if Chris Paul can't dribble, like, what is Chris Paul good for? And, and like you said, B, at some point they have to realize that even though he is who he is, he might be hurting the team if that shoulder doesn't get better during the series. Nuggets and Trailblazers tied at one game apiece. Um, Dame Dollar doing the Dame Dollar, his best Dame Dollar impersonation. Um, but the Nuggets, you know, aren't ready to go out like that yet, so we'll see how that goes. The Knicks and the Hawks, we talked about the party outside of MSG, man. Your man Trey Young shut them up um, at the end of game one with a, with a runner in the lane that won the game. Uh, but the second game, the Knicks came back from a 13-point halftime deficit to win the game. Um Knicks are back still? Yeah. Um, I think that that particular game, I think the Hawks are, go- are, good test, are a good test for the Knicks. I think the Hawks are going to rise to the occasion. I think, I think you know, I, I go back and forth on, on Ice Trey. Um, I don't think he's – he's one of those guys where – I don't think he has particularly great athleticism, but I think he's a ball player. Like mm-hmm. guys like like a Jalen Rose, like a, a Larry Bird, dudes that if you measure like raw athleticism, not going to be high on the list. But can right. you hoop? And he right. can hoop. Like he can just hoop. He's a, he's a yeah. hoop. And so in certain situations when he turns it on and it's all working for him, dude, He's gonna give you. He's gonna give you. He's gonna give you game off of. He's gonna give you competition off of love of the game, and 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 his ability as a ball player. And I think that's a good test. But I think ultimately, the Knicks are too big and too talented for that team. So yeah. I, I have them winning that series. Yeah, I have the Knicks winning it too. But the 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 Hawks surprised me game one and a little bit game two because I figured the Knicks would come in game two and kind of dispatch him a little easy because they saw what happened you know, in the first game when they let the him hang around. But, but that's true. They don't really have that kind of experience to go out there and just hammer somebody. So it's probably going to be better, they, they probably better go start seven. Derrick Rose. Right. It'll probably <laughs> go seven. Um, but that, but I mean, I don't care if the Knicks lose, but just saying, you know, from an analyst perspective, that I would be afraid for that if I'm the Knicks, if it goes seven, because Julius mm-hmm. Randle, even though most improved player and all-star, he hasn't yet proven in these first two, pl- 
playoff games that, you know what I'm saying, his success is going to go over to the playoffs. Like, in the first two games, you know, for, for people who make the, the, the prisoner of the moment <laughs> um, analyzations, like, you would, you would think, like, oh, man, he looks like a playoff mm-hmm. bus right now. But, you know, we'll see. Well, he got – that's why it's a series. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see. Get it together. Um, Nets, Celtics, Nets up 2-0. Um, Celtics going to mess around and, and, and get the brooms pulled out on them. Um, and we talked about the Sixers and Wizards a little bit. The last one, um, and the one I'm most surprised about, is Dallas leading the Clippers 2-0. Now, I picked the Clippers to win the series. A lot of people picked Dallas to win the series, so a lot of people aren't surprised. But I'm surprised that not not even the 2-0. I mean, even though that's surprising because both games have been in L.A., I'm just surprised at how it's gone, how easy it's kind of looked for Dallas, and how Luka gives zero Fs about none of these original men on the other side of the ball. Um, Pat Bev, uh, Paul George – um uh the the mute bull, Kawhi Leonard, like he gives zero Fs about any of them and Yo, he's another he's like, another in the first two series and looking back to their series last year, B, you know, it kinda looks like he's mm-hmm. the best player on the floor when Kawhi is supposed to be top three in the world. Why are they kind crushing of. the Clippers? No, he is. I think the Clippers are the Clippers have uh, THS, what, what we like to call THS, which is mm-hmm. tiny tiny heart syndrome. They suffer from tiny heart syndrome um, collectively as a team, and Rondo may have outlasted as a player his actual value because he used to be the type of bull you can put into those situations and all off heart, all off heart he wouldn't have allowed it to go down like this. I don't know whether he has that's, it in the gas tank anymore. So we're not true, seeing him also, on the floor. I was about to say, also, you know, Teron Lou is not really putting them in the situations as much as you think they would put, quote-unquote, playoff Rondo in those situations. Now, maybe, you know, he's seeing something, you know, a slowdown in the regular season. But, you know, I thought we've always seen a slowdown in Rondo in the regular season, and then the playoffs come and he show you that he still got it. So if I'm Teron Lou, even yeah. if I saw a slowdown or even if in walkthroughs or practices or whatever they're having around this time, he's just not seeing it, I still think Rondo is the guy who has earned the benefit of the doubt to be thrown out into the situation and see how he does out in the water with them sharks. This is what you brought him there for. That is what, what you, you brought him there for. That is exactly what you brought him there yeah, for. So give him a shot. I don't like, this is where we find out if Rondo is. Like, we don't find out if Rondo is washed in the regular season because we've thought – we've long thought Rondo was washed in the regular season. Then he gets with a good team in the playoffs, and he shows you his value. So, throw him out there. You're down 0-2. There's not much to lose, you know, right now. Only everything to gain. If he looks washed now, then Rondo probably won't trick any more teams into a contract. <laughs> But if you throw him back out there, and Rondo is like playoff Fitz Magic, <laughs> he gonna go out there and get a new contract in the playoffs. Yeah. All right. So, so we'll see yeah, how this he... one ends, man. I, I don't necessarily think the series is over. I think the Clippers are still too talented just to go out like that. 
Luka, but they got Luka, the hands full now. Luka, down 2-0 without the home Luka's court. Luka's another advantage. one. Luka's a dog. Luka's another one. He ain't an athlete. He's a hooper. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. He's a hooper. Not at all. Not at all. I can put a shoe on the floor, and Luka might might clip the tongue of the shoe if he jump over it. Jump, but um, it, it don't matter. He he get buckets. He get buckets all crazy. All right, so um, all right, let's you know playoffs are, are, are heating up a little bit. Um, our quote of the week: <laughs> The NBA ain't got the balls to suspend LeBron James. Zero, and that's from Charles Barkley, and that's about. LeBron James this week, last weekend, violating NBA health and safety protocol by having a an event for his new tequila. Um, yeah, so what were your thoughts on that? Because everybody kind of knew it, like, oh, this is different because it's LeBron James. He didn't get a fine, he didn't get a suspension, and he did not have to sit out any games, you know, due to COVID protocols. He played, this happened prior to the play-in tournament. He played in the play-in game and he's played in games one and two um, of the first round of the playoff series. The league has said they're not going to suspend him. People keep comparing it to other things. Um, You remember when the the young importer from Houston went out to a club, he Mm -hmm. got fine fifty thousand dollars mm-hmm. and he had to sit out a bunch of games until he got a certain amount of uh negative uh, negative tests um most recently chris Stapp's porzingis i believe he went out to a club or something he was fined fifty thousand dollars uh i think he missed one game uh, don't quote me on that but i think he had to miss one game or, or something like that he's back now they're claiming the difference in the LeBron James situation is that at his event, you had to either show proof of a COVID vaccine or a negative test to even be invited and admitted to the event. Now, the only thing I think about, you know, about that as being kind of suspect is because the league doesn't even know if LeBron James himself has been vaccinated because he won't answer the question outright um, in public. Uh, when uh, Schroeder had to sit out for health and protocol reasons, he said himself out of his mouth that he and LeBron James were the only players on the Lakers that hadn't been vaccinated. And the coach said that the Lakers haven't hit the 85% threshold for vaccinations on their team. So if you got to show proof to get into this event, and the and the you know one of the hosts of the event himself we're not sure is vaccinated then how is the league you know how 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 are they how are they laying on that as an excuse you know we we we're going to have an intelli- an intelligent conversation about this because that's just really it's what we do, and you're entertained by it, listeners, and we appreciate you. But if I have to keep it a million before we get too far into this, life's not fair. The world's not fair. <laughs> and there are different rules for different people. And the key, the key is that you examine your own behavior and you make sure 
that you adhere to your moral principles and values. And that's how I I teach my son. My son is an athlete, a very high-level athlete on the soccer Mm -hmm. pitch. The refs never give him fair call because the refs don't believe he's 12. I don't believe he's bigger than everybody. I I was there. I helped make him, and I don't believe he's 12. So I teach him, listen, dog, you're not going to get fair treatment. You're not going to get fair calls, but that's why we train the way we train. Right. And that's why the God has blessed you. Dominate you. So for LeBron, sports and life to a yeah, – dominate it yeah, to a point yeah. where referees and, and life, and you know, in the case of life, haters or whoever aren't going to matter Don't to matter. what you're doing. So you got to dominate when I look life at and LeBron, sports. When I look at what the NBA is. Listen, man, LeBron is the NBA. LeBron is worth billions and billions of money. So the rules are different. They are. And you know what the NBA did, B? They sat with all of their public relations people and publicists and all of those, you know, and and the commissioner and everybody and crafted up some really nice uh, comparisons and excuses to why LeBron James didn't get fined, suspended, or had to sit out for the protocol while these other players did, when the real answer is he's LeBron James, you're not, case closed, end yeah. of story. Now we can move on. End of, end of story. <laughs> and, listen, and listen, throughout the years, there have been players with that level of power. Mike, of course, comes to, to mind immediately. Shaq had it at a certain to a certain extent. Barkley probably did not, although he's an all-time great. He didn't have that level. But there have been a few. There have been a chosen few. And I think with that great power, if I have to be objective and honest, LeBron has done wonderfully well with it. He's done wonderfully. I mean, he's been you, responsible with it. If you he know where your bread is buttered. You're not going, you know, you're not going to throw away the butter. You're not going to upset the butter. <laughs> so <laughs> this case closed. Like, it might not be fair, but, you know, everybody out there, if you, you're grown, you know by now, like B said, life ain't fair. So we can complain about it. Y'all can complain about it. Players can complain about it. Um, what this does do is set precedence, though. So I, I wonder how many players going to wild out in the coming days just to test it. Um, because at this point now, you know, you set precedent, so maybe you you are going to be a little lenient on everybody else. But do you think they could take LeBron out of a playoff, play-in situation, let alone the playoffs that came after it? Do you think they're going to take LeBron out of a play-in situation for his team to get into the playoffs when he's going to be so much more money for them once the playoffs starts? Nah, yo, not going to happen. All right, so – um our stat of the week, man, is about Naomi Osaka. Naomi Osaka has earned a record $55.2 million in total earnings in the last 12 months alone, more than any female athlete in the history of planet – shout out to Zod and them, Superman too. Um, but no, seriously, like more than any female athlete in the history of sports. You know, it's just more money out there now, man. Y'all just got to live with it. <laughs> Whether y'all think people deserve it or not, what they generate is is gonna come back to them. Um, she the best. She the best black. She the best black tennis player 
of the last decade, man. She deserve it. Look at, you know, look at her support and her commitment to the black man and the black family, man. Even though she's Japanese, man. Come on, man. She All deserve right. it. And so shout out to Naomi Osaka. Last thing before we take angry phone calls. Um, your man Julio Jones allegedly wants to play with Cam Newton. You got any quick, 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 quick bars on that? Fuck wrong with Julio. But but when he no. was asked about playing with the Dallas Cowboys, he said he doesn't want to go there because he wants to win. But he want to play with Cam Newton. Now now maybe um, maybe maybe the 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 news outlet cites this. Maybe it's more him wanting to play with Belichick and the Patriots, but Cam Newton's that quarterback, and the headline said he wanted to play with an ex uh, NFC South quarterback, and that turned out to be Cameron Newton. Now, if you were Julio Jones with some of your last chances to win in this league, and you have publicly said you want to win, you trying to play with Cameron or no? Yo, so I've come to the understanding that a lot of athletes are not necessarily high IQ guys Bingo. with the nuances of their of their sport. Like you would be utterly shocked and amazed at the number of players who wanted to play with Michael Vick. Mike Vick. Why would you want to play exactly with Mike Vick? You're gonna say, I know, yo, they worship <laughs> that dude. That? They worship that yo, they, dude. Yo, how are you a receiver? Athlete, and you like, I want to play with Mike Vick when Mike Vick throws for 2,400 yards a year. How many yards you going to get when Boy only throwing for 2,400 yards a year? It's about, six, so, it's about so, 670 so, yards. I got to get some catches. Like, So there's a, there's a part of me that believes that Julio looks at him and respects his athletic prowess and ability because they're both for what they do, for who they are, what they do, and the size they play sides that they play their position at they're they're out they're athletic freaks they're outliers i get it so is julio one of these guys that looks at cam newton and says man he can relate to me as an athletic freak and he's man if he can just you know if we can get it together he 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 gonna throw me the bombs and i'm gonna catch you know five balls a game and it's all gonna be 30 yards or more i'm sorry (laughs) like i i i i I have come to the understanding that some of our brothers that are in their particular sports that are blessed with amazing athleticism are not necessarily high IQ guys when it comes to their analysis and understanding colleagues and the situations and schemes and systems that they play in. And Julio may be just – he's and played is, with a traditional this, quarterback. And this and is Matt not Ryan, new. This is, this is not even a new thought for us, B, because I know you know firsthand and probably remember, you know, exactly who I'm talking about. But, you know, back in the day, I used to have an NBA player sit on my couch and say dumb stuff to the point where I had to ask him, dog, do you watch ball, you know, when you're not playing? Like, do you ever watch basketball when you're not playing? Because it's obvious that he didn't and a whole lot of other players that we've come in contact with. So. Definitely did not. But you got that contingent of fans out there that think because they did it, they know every single thing about it. Okay, you might, they might Yo. know everything about an X and an O, but that doesn't necessarily know that, you know, mean that they know what's going on around the league. 
Yeah, you know this. The only, the only thing, this the mat. only thing, the only <laughs> pass I can give Julio is the is the pass and the excuse that you were about to give him. Maybe he says, "Well, playing for Belichick, the defense is going to be there. They're going to stop people." So I I don't know, man. I don't. I that's the only. Because why would you want to play with Cam Newton if you're a receipt like? Yo, I, I like maybe if I was I a know. tight end, <laughs> I don't know. Yes, yeah, yeah. all right, man. Maybe maybe let's, they gonna run uh, him in the slot. Maybe he's gonna go play in the slot. Let's go to the phone lines. We got uh, roll down. Shit, roll down time, man. Good lord, man. I'm about to be old as Tom Brady by the time y'all get to me. But uh, hello. Hey, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you guys now. Okay. All right, my bad. Damn, man, you treat me worse than the white man who call in. But anyway, <laughs> hey, first thing first, happy birthday, Jimmy. I know you're on the milk yacht with Kyrie right now, partying up. You know, um, <laughs> you know, hey, listen to your, uh, you know, your, your Jack Harlow over there. But uh, you know, uh, you know, y'all talk the playoffs, right? And like one thing that I, I thought Chris Paul should at least be in the top three. Uh, I'm sorry, but y'all was right about stuff. You can't be the AC, not even the AC, but can't make the play in. But you're the MVP. But you crap on a guy who took an untalented team to the sixth seed. Uh, you know, with, with triple doubles, he had to get those triple doubles. OKC okay, would make the playoffs. <laughs> And I think that was a fifth seed that year, correct me I'm wrong, but they had a good and, year, but he had to get those triple doubles. And Tobias, he had two chances to get into the playoffs. Yes. The <laughs> ball in his hands both times. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, that was my man, but nah, not MVP. Can't do that. Yeah, uh, you know, hell, that's, that's folks out there still back. Derrick Rose won and hit his team with a one seed with Keith Fogan as the two guard. But that's neither here nor there. But no, that's only, only Brian stands that's still mad at that. Yeah. Or that yeah, was so ever I want mad a court, <laughs> Yeah. I want a court mad that uh, he and your boy Moreland mad that LeBron are a top three MVP candidate. I want, you know they're going to get mad pretty soon. But uh, but just like a couple of things. One, y'all, were, y'all could play the tape. I said I would. I want the Chicago Bulls. By the way, y'all said the Suns. Improving. I'm still waiting on the Chicago Bulls to improve. But uh, <laughs> well, they, they they improved for the first half of the season, and then yeah, you know, <laughs> we they, they went back but, down to. <laughs> but like John Morant, and I know because like I'm not saying Zion's a bad player. I think he has a bad coach and everything. But still, the Orleans has more talent than the Memphis Grizzlies. I'll be killing my man Stan Van, man. I don't think Stan Van a bad coach. He might not be the coach for those guys. It it might be too late for some of these dudes to relate to play at age, but I don't think he's a bad coach. He need to be on a veteran team. Stan's a veteran. Need to be on a veteran team. But I think, like, I watch a Memphis, and they don't have a Brandon Ingram as a number two. (laughs) You know, on that team, Uh, they have they have a good team, good players. 
But the one thing I like about Ja and Dylan Brooks, I know B also hate light skin dude. He ain't no more than Kwame Brown hate light skin dude. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, no, but, no, man, that's not true. Me and Steph is peoples, man. Me and Ice hey, Trey is peoples. We're good. I, hey, I, I, no colorism, brother. Say no to colorism. Hey, even like Donald Trump said. Uh, even Donald Trump said that's my African American. They got one, but uh, <laughs> but uh, but like y'all saying, I had to pick on you. I like how they went at Igor Dollar that time. Remember Igor Dollar act like he was too good to play for Memphis, and those two was like he only averaged five points a game, talking like he talking like this. He can he can go to us and kick his ass. I like that because you got a lot of these young cats that want to kiss the ring, and. And, and, I, and I really I like that about him. I think they're going to be a good young team. Not too bad. We know John Morant going to leave in five years to go to a bigger market to help someone in clutch sports next big client. But I like – I just wish that – I know he doesn't get the hype, but he has done a lot right there with that team as a young guy. And I just think that mm-hmm. sometimes he, don't, he, don't, he didn't get that hype as a number one pick. Not saying Zion's bad, but – Jaw didn't get that height. He had that team in the play in last year and they're in the playoffs now. Yeah, I mean you know the league. The league on they're gonna be real obvious about who they want to be the better player in most situations. And like I said, Zion like you said, Zion's a, a very good player. Like I thought I think Zion's first full year in the NBA was better than I even expected it to be. Um mm-hmm. but like you said especially they're both playing in the Western Conference, there's really no excuse that that Pelicans team, you know, can't, you know, challenge for a playoff spot like this Grizzlies team. <laughs> like the Grizzlies, you got Ja. Like you said, they got some other nice players. I think, you know, people, especially uh, pundits, I think they overrate Jaron Jackson Jr. a little much, um, even I though he's been him. injured for most of the year. But, yeah, it's just way more talent on that. Pelicans team, so there's really no excuse for them not to be challenging like the Grizzlies are. But hey, you know what? The like the Clippers. I don't know why these hot take media shows talk about the Clippers like they the '92 Bulls. They swear they did something. All I know is that last year they blamed Doc Rivers. They blamed Lemon Pepper Lou and, and fake tough guy Montrez Harrell. Now they probably blame the sports arena. Michael Olokin, Danny Ferry don't want to come in. Danny Manning torn ACL. What next? Are they going to blame the green monkey that supposedly started HIV? What are they going to do next? Uh, what are they going to blame? blame it all this year? You know what they're going to be forced that? to do at some point, uh, Tobias? They're going to have to be forced. They're going to have to, you know, be forced to just realize and recognize that they are the Clippers. Like the Lakers, even when the Clippers have better records and – you know, more regular season success and making the playoffs over the past decade or so, like they still reminded them all the time, like y'all are still the Clippers. And I think this year, especially if they go out in the first round to Dallas and they get swept even more, you know, if they lose 4-1, still the same, I think this will be the most, this this will be the biggest (laughs) – Example of just the saying like, y'all are the Clippers. The Clippers are going to Clipper. No matter how much talent y'all get, no matter how much, quote unquote, success by their standards they have, and they had a lot during the Chris Paul, Blake Griffin era, 
at some point, y'all have to realize y'all are still the Clippers, and y'all just might not ever, ever win this thing. I, I, yeah, for some yeah. reason, I, you know, I think they have the talent to do it. So if they don't do it now, then it's definitely a curse. <laughs> it's definitely well, a curse. This is the same team that gave Luke Kennard $60 million. And, uh, that shows a young kid, if all you can do is shoot a three, you're going to get paid even though you can't do nothing else. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> but with this team, right, they gave up more for Paul George than the Lakers did for AD. And AD's clearly a better player in their stuck. Because Kawhi can leave after this year if he wants to. Uncle Dennis yeah. probably working the phone. And so yeah. what they go show for that? And because I watch the games, let's be honest here, they scared of Luka. Because you don't switch on a high screen. Because you can still fight through and get to your man. They don't well, want those problems. I know. They but scared. that's the league now, man. You watch every NBA game every night. Yo, people are switching. You don't have to screen anybody to switch. All you got to do is, like, be near them. Like, do your best. Uh, uh, what's your man? Uh, Stevenson. They used to blow in LeBron's ear. Like, oh, yeah, just, Lance Stevenson. Yeah. Do is, yeah, just 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 do a Lance Stevenson, man. Just 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 brush by somebody, and they're going to switch. Like, basketball is weird, weird to me these days. You know, and they say it's that but, way because everybody can shoot. Oh, you talking I about no, no fighting through the screens? Yeah, we don't fight the screens. Yeah, we don't do that no more, man. It's weird. So he was was mentioning how they don't do that against Luker because they don't want them problems, which, you know, a little bit of that is probably true. But it's just just 2021 NBA basketball. Nobody fight through the screen. Even if it's not a screen, the man could just be in the area, and they are going to switch if he's closer. (laughs) Let me ask you all this. Let's say that's serious. Use that as an example. What sense does it make? To have like unused Kawhi, Paul George, guarding Luca, and they go easily switch. So the Luca dunk is like six, seven, six, eight by two thirty. Well, he's probably two forty because he's been eating pretty good. Uh, against Patrick Beverly or Reggie Jackson, right? Where the analytics says that's a good idea. Someone help me out on that. See, but that's the thing, though, because of the switch everything mentality of the league now. That is an easy fix by by offensive coaches. Yo, I'm just going to have the man pick you that we we're going to have the worst man. We're going we're going to have the screen set by whoever's guarding their worst defender or whoever you know their worst defender is guarding. You know what I'm saying? So let's, let's say we're playing the the Sixers and you're trying to get the ball out of uh, Tobias Harris's hands. Or, or no, I'm sorry, or the other way around, um, and you get the pick set by uh, Seth Curry's man. Now you got Seth mm-hmm. Curry trying to guard, you know, the best man on your team. It, it's easy. You're just setting screens with folks that you usually wouldn't set screens with. You know, screens yeah. used to be a big man thing. You're going to send your big man there. You're going to screen. You're going to run a pick and roll. Now, hey, if you're trying to hide a defender, whoever he's guarding is going to be my screen setter. Even if you got hide a, a point guard setting a screen for a small forward, whatever it is, it's an easy fix. Hey, if y'all want to switch everything, we're going to get the matchup we want. And you know when I see that the most, Tobias? At the end of games. I see that mm-hmm. the most at the end of games when it's hero ball time and you got some of the best one-on-one players on the planet trying to make a play for their team. You're just going to get the, <laughs> you're going to get the screen set by whoever the weakest defender's man is. And now you got the matchup you want. 
Now you got a bucket, Ooh. and now you got a foul. Basketball. Do y'all remember easy. last year, right? Simple. Do y'all remember last year when Luca hit that shot in the Clippers? Kawhi was checking him. The guy put a weak screen, and Kawhi let him guard Reggie, Reggie Jackson guard him. Right. And I remember that. I, and I'm it's like, Kawhi. <laughs> if the other guy scores so big, you shake that hand. Uh, you know, and I think that sometimes they got to be some pride in there. They got to be some asshole in these players. Be like, look, man, I'm going out. He will have to cook me because he's right. cooking these other guys. But right. I know you guys got to talk, but I'll say, talk about y'all sixes real quick. I think, well, people, like, one, I'm glad, to, I'm surprised the media ain't talking about breaking up Ben and B yet. You know, they lose one game, they're talking about breaking them up, it doesn't work. But Doc Rivers did a good job with them. And I think Doc Rivers was the type of coach they needed. Not the best exes of those guys, but he's a culture guy. And I yeah. think that's what they needed. Uh, you know, and that's but, me. I, I, you know, I didn't think very – I don't think Doc Rivers is what a bunch of people think Doc Rivers is. But this young team didn't need to grow that. with a coach. And that's what mm-hmm. they were trying to do with Brett Brown. They were trying to grow with the coach because as far as coaching goes, he's as young as they are. They mm-hmm. needed somebody, you know, who's been there and, and, and has a a more commanding voice, uh, not literally because that, you know, you can barely hear what he's talking about. But, you know, what yeah. I mean, figuratively a more commanding voice and, and, and garners more respect. So I definitely yeah, agree. and like, and I'll say this last thing. I think the reason I bet on the Sixers to make the finals a couple months ago is I know everybody hype up the next big three. But the Sixers got three perimeter defenders who could make them work. No other mm-hmm. team in the East has that. And th- even though Danny Green will do something stupid every night, he can still play <laughs> good defense. And it's like you have to make those guys work. And if MB, as long as MB stays healthy, they have nothing for him. And, yeah. uh, and the one – I know – Dybul doesn't score. But the one thing, but he might work because he could just focus on defense and not worry about getting his points. And I, and I think that, and I think that's something like those teams, those most of the teams don't have that third guy who could defend. And I, and I think that'll be a good matchup, but Milwaukee's going to be tough too, because they're giving away more than Bledsoe. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and you knew as yeah, soon as he it, came that he was going to. I'm like, oh, that's a good move. But they flew under the radar because they weren't dominating the regular season like they have the last few few years. And even when, you know, they made their run at that number one seed late in the season, I think people still dismissed them because it's like, okay, we've seen this story before. Let's wait to see what they do in the playoffs. So now we get to see. The good thing is those two teams, if the Sixers win like they're supposed to, they don't have to see yep. either one of those teams until the conference finals, so they get to beat up on each other. <laughs> and, you know I mean? and that's why you always go for the regular season. You fall out in the regular season to get that mm-hmm. seed, so you won't see those next teams. That's what the Clippers messed up again last year. And don't get me wrong, we started on tanking for Luka. <laughs> you know, but, yes. Yeah, and so hey, you this fall is the up they the wanted. Did that last and year. Luka giving them everything yeah. they want and desire. Oh, do you want it? You wanted because, us, okay? <laughs> cause, cause, remember the Lakers balled out last year, and look what the draw they got. So I think the Sixers did the right thing because I think Milwaukee could beat Brooklyn because who stopping Giannis? <laughs> you know they can't even build a wall right to stop Giannis because he got a dependable Drew Holiday to to hit and play D. And I think Chris Middleton as a three 
that's what he's suited for. You know, they ain't knocking him because he knocked him as, I apologize to Chris Middleton, but, you know, as a number three, he could just get his 19 or 20. <laughs> there you go. And Drew Holiday could control the game as a point guard and still a tough defender against Kyrie. I, I think yeah. it's going to be Sixers Bucks. But, hey, but you guys have a good one, man. And, and, right, man. and, and Dennis Schroeder. Do not party in the club because they can suspend you for two weeks. But LeBron can hang out with no mask on with Trump at a Republican rally. You know, say screw back things. And guess what? No suspension. Y'all have a great day. Must be nice. All right, man. We got that. All right, brother. And Scott, you in the chat room, you ain't never lied. Uh, Thibel can't shoot a lick. <laughs> That's why I said. If he yeah, goes he out, he need to hang with Seth all summer. Come back with a with a nice serviceable uh, shot. Like I'm not like you know, we always hear about Ben Simmons going to shoot. He'll shoot a three, but I don't need Ben Simmons to shoot threes. I really don't. Fibo, on the other hand, that's different. You know what I'm saying? He could be the best three and D player in the league if he learns to shoot the ball, and that will keep him on the floor, and that will keep people locked up. And like I said, three and D, mm-hmm. you don't have to exert too much energy, he goes stand off in the, on the side, you know, catch and shoot, and then go up and lock up. You don't have to beat anybody off the dribble. You know, you don't have to run around screens, none of that stuff. So um, that's definitely what he needs to do. All right, uh, let's go out to Rob and Cali before we uh, uh, tell you guys what happened on the grind real quick because we got to skate. But uh, Rob, what's going on, good brother? How are you? I'm good, man. It's, I know you already listen to Plantation Radio, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, Damn. I guess I can have a start one. You stay uh, wasting 30 seconds taking shots. <laughs> All right. Uh, I thought and they get mad at us when like, we got to go. Well, you let him talk. Well, you made yeah, you yeah. took just as long taking shots. Yeah, Leo, right. But um, happy birthday to Jimmy. He's not here. And what I had to say is that, um, you know, I'm – I'm kind of nervous when my Lakers is playing, but I got to remember it's the West, and, you know, you played against Booker, good young dude, and, and hey, Monty Bills has that team to play, you know, unintimidated, unashamed, and, you know, they're, they're taking it. And um, and our prediction, I got the Lakers in seven. Okay, I feel you. And, uh, Lake show and, in um, seven? Yeah, because yeah, because it's, it's the West is competitive, and you know uh, it's competitive. I hope I hope that they. I'm, I'm really disappointed the Clippers too. By the way, I thought they were supposed to. I don't know. Just saying that. Hey, if I mean for Kawhi, you know if 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 it ain't looking out there, you can always come to death row. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, oh, the Bay Lakers. You know what I'm saying? And, how I I don't want to, but the thing is, is that Rob right from that Rob right from that generation, man. Don't see no, nothing wrong with no, the team no, up. No, 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 I'm not. No, I'm not. I just thought the Braun is is aging. No, 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 I'm not like your other dudes who just look at highlights and don't really like enjoy enjoy the game. They just like watching highlights. You know what I'm saying? And they think LeBron and they're LeBron fans because they never had a father in their life. LeBron is a daddy. Okay. Damn. Okay, I have a father, you know what I'm saying? 
Kawhi's he's a basketball fan. So I know I'm a basketball fan. But the thing is, is that you know Kawhi wants to. Kawhi only got two choices. Three choices. He can stay from the Lakers or go to Golden State, and I don't want something. The light skinned dudes already had like a good ball player. You know what I'm saying? So no. If my MVP, I think Joel Embiid. I, I might think I, I I would like to think the Joker should have the MVP because I don't want Joel Embiid to get it. Damn. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think the Embiid is kind of um Joel Embiid and LeBron kind of shows you the more Joel Embiid what a coach can do. Because like with Joel Embiid, if he had a dog willing to challenge him. Year in and year out for his start in his career, he would probably average 28-29-13 a game with two blocks because, I mean, he's supposed to be a monster. I'm glad, I'm glad consistently this season shows how monstrous he is. We can start to death loud his career, but this, this year we just saw how he can be a beast. And uh, with Ben Simmons, hey, man, he's just not a scorer. You know, Jack sets the people to who they are. This is not sure. He's like, he's like an uh, uh, advanced Iguodala, except a uh, licensed Iguodala, except he can't shoot. That's how it is. I mean, he's a, he's a playmaker. You know what I'm saying? First uh, game one against the Wizards, he only has six points. So anybody who really doesn't like him lamented him for having six points, but they forgot to mention that he had 15 assists and 15 rebounds. So, you know, he does what he does and plays lockdown defense when it has to be played. So his contributions are invaluable, but people are always going to focus on your flaws. He don't shoot. He can't shoot. He don't score that much. Okay. It is what it is. But He can play. He can play. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely more to basketball than just that stuff, but you know how people it's, are. It's true. He he he, he was you know, like like I look at players like when I was a real fan of the Sixers a long time ago was when he was with there with my boy Drew Holiday and they let go of him. That's why I got really ha- that's why I hate the Sixers. It's because you know he the dude can play. Like he's not like Draymond Green who just plays good when the lights can do it on the court. No. He plays good on the court whether with anybody, but with any team, you come with any team throughout his career, you know, they excel. Cause he's that type of dude. Draymond Green is trash. You know, he's he's like um, Charles Barkley said the best. Like that dude, that dude in the boy band that nobody knows about. It just works with the group. You know what I'm saying? That's who he is. So, that's all I have to say. I, I got to go, but I wanted to. Man, I wanted to say one thing about LeBron. Listen, sometimes, sometimes things ain't fair. Like you know, Michael Jordan got caught gambling. We're talking about that. You know, um, and NBA didn't do nothing. I mean, the next thing they're gonna do something now. And, and I like, and I like, I like, um, I, I like the, I, I like the Austin because I remember it doesn't matter what a player may have done. They they could have took a, a what do you call it, that when Minnesota got in trouble with that boat trip and stuff like that. If they do something mm-hmm. for the community, it doesn't matter. You know, if they if they, if they take a sample that community, it doesn't matter. Be also be like, yo, we took this hat, like. I don't know. He was really quick with Colin Kaepernick as a quarterback. I'm not be honest. Like, yo, come on, man. But when he took a political stance, that a foot stamp in history, be honest, tilt his head and be like, yo, this dude, 
I don't know what that's hey. about now, but this dude, and, and he did the same thing with LeBron. Hey, I mean, you, you got to be able to compartmentalize, man. Like, it, it would yeah. be it would be very, I don't know, we, we just wouldn't be honest if we praise people as players just because we like them as like them as yeah, like everything we do, you yeah, everything we do is 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 objective. Uh, yeah, and if I, if I went around here gotta, acting like we're, Kaepernick we're, was Montana and deserves yeah. this and deserves, that, like, come on, man, I, I'd be lying to myself. Yeah. I wouldn't be honest. With you. I, I completely, I completely understand why NFL teams won't give Kaepernick a job. I completely understand it. Like, I, I get it. I'm not saying that it's fair. I'm not saying that it's right. Here's the thing. At the time when when the first two years into this, not now, certainly not now, the first two years into the Kaepernick thing, you could make an argument that if you look at Colin Kaepernick as a top 20 quarterback, you're crazy. But if you also look at Colin Kaepernick and you say, you say that there are 30 starting quarterbacks better than him, you're being disingenuous. You're lying. Let alone not, 30 more backups. Right. Let alone 30 more backups and 30 more practice squads. So the argument, the argument depends on what information and what context you want to use, right? So teams were trying to make it seem as though he could not play and we weren't here for it. We weren't having it. But if you argue that he's a top 10, as some of our brothers and sisters were doing, Y'all are crazy, too, because y'all haven't watched him play. He's not a top 10. He's not a top 15. He's probably not a top 20 quarterback. But he should have a job, and he should be starting. So it's, it's, you, you have to be objective but, but in, then in, in your, in your arguments. You, you had the organizations that are afraid. They're thinking, well, if he's top 20 or something like that, is what he's going to bring to the table production-wise worth Worth the trouble, worth all of the come. extra stuff that comes okay. with him. Yeah, and and we're and for anybody who's listening, do not take half of our words. We're not saying that from our perspective. We're talking about from the perspective yeah. of team of the or of the, like of the organization. Kind of, we love his kind of trouble. It's true. <laughs> it's, 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 it's true. People gotta look at history. People took political stance, and I can't remember. Help me remember the brother from UCLA that took a political stance. Him. Whether it be Muhammad Ali, whether it be John Carlos and the other brother, whether it be other when they took a political stance in sports, there's always some consequences to that. Even if you're associated with them, the brother and John Carlos and them took a political stance. Well, here, here, here's the here's the thing, real real quick, Rob, not not to cut you off, but when you say Muhammad Ali and even John Carlos, both of those people were better in their sport than Colin Kaepernick is in his sport. Muhammad Ali was arguably the best in the world at what he does. John Carlos is probably top five in the world at what he does. So it's different. It would be different if LeBron James took the stand that Colin Kaepernick took. It would be different if, if, shit, Dak Prescott took the stand that Colin Kaepernick took. Picture that. It would have been a different. It would have been a different stand. And 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 you right. And, and when they're sacrificed, there was those consequences and those consequences for that. Like people got remember back in the sixties, you know, um, 
you know, Muhammad Ali, you know, everybody abandoned him, you know. He was like college students, you know, pay him to speak, and that's how he got his, you know, that's how he got his bread, and, and also he helped help with Joe Frazier. And he called it Uncle Tom, and Joe Frazier responded. But, um, you know, you got you also got uh, uh, this, this, you know, the, the, the brother from Australia who was standing right next to him, actually gave him the gloves to see Pam he got back home for supporting him. You know, so, so if people got to understand that, we're having Colin Kaepernick, I knew he was going to get black money. I'm not surprised by that. I'm not going to say, oh, this could continue coming back. You know, sure, this position. When it came out, out in the college, you know, I knew that, that um, he was going to get black ball. It's expected. And and I, and I hate to say it, I'm not saying it's a, it's, I want to say sacrifice, but it's just one of the things where, where I don't know. Uh, years from now, I think even five years from now, we're gonna look back on this time, and we're gonna be like, you know, this, this, this like we're gonna, we're gonna, I mean, we're looking at this right now, but we're gonna look, look, call Kaepernick different. That his, you know, his message is bigger than him. It's, it's, it's a message that he sends, especially to us, you know, especially to us, particularly to us, you know. Um, and, 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 and I got one thing to say. One more thing to say. There's a different color in a black person, you know. If you put black across anything, you're going to receive black less from it. And white supremacy affected in the minds of every, of every person from every country across the world to make darker skinned people, black people, look look less than. And so when people talk about personal color, this and that, yes, we have to talk about supremacy. We have to talk about supremacy within ourselves, especially our counterparts who, who, who a lot of times unconsciously act on white supremacy. And that representation is just an act of person. Okay. We got to go, dog. You getting off okay, on a tangent okay. again, man. We only got a couple minutes left, man. But we appreciate okay. the call as usual, man. All right? Okay, I'll let you. No doubt. Yo, Rob started talking about Colored people versus <laughs> yo, we yo, like... Rob, Rob be <laughs> going for it, brother. I ain't mad at him, but yeah, we gotta go. Yeah, definitely, definitely, but yeah, we're not doing that right now. All right, so we we down the rapid fire with with while y'all were on the grind. Y'all know that's brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Do you or your business need a custom website? for dynamic, professional, and most of all, affordable custom website solutions, you need Digital Extreme Technologies. No need to break the bank for an effective online presence. Top quality, results-driven websites at incredibly affordable prices. And yes, financing options are available. So visit digitalextremetech.com or call 267-205-4203. And to get those discounted rates, be sure to tell them that the homies over at War Room Sports sent you. All right, Philly fans back in the news for their annual, um, you know, their, their annual shaming. Uh, a fan dumps popcorn on Russell Westbrook's head as he's going up the tunnel after he sprained his, at the, you know, rolled his ankle last night. So, you know, Russ, you know, Russ was, you know, let me at him, let me at him. He was kind of wild. I mean, it came from up you know, above the tunnel. I don't really know what he was going to do if they let him go. 
Um, was he going to levitate up there or whatever? Either way, it's no place in the game for this. This isn't, you know, this wasn't anything dangerous, but it's really disrespectful. Um, and, of course, it goes to the Philly narrative. I don't watch the, the national shows on the, the big network, so I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that today uh, ad nauseum they probably talked about Philly fans and snowballs and Santa Claus and cursing and jails under stadiums. I'm pretty sure it was a lot of that talk um, going on today. I just think fans, like I said, fans everywhere. Like I've never gone, especially to a football stadium, and I've traveled to a lot of them. I've never gone to a football stadium and not seen multiple rumbles break out either in the parking lot, uh, inside the stadium. Um, I've seen some stuff, heard some stuff in my time, but the narratives are what they are. So I'm pretty sure, you know, Popcorn Gate probably brought up a lot of old buzzwords for Philly fans. Um, I think fans in general, they just need to be a little bit more respectful and stop stepping out of line because just like Russell said, like if you see me in the street, you're not going to do that because you know what's going to happen. So, you know, somehow they do got to find a way to control some of these fans. This fan B um, is banned from the Wells Fargo Center. Uh, he's had his ticket, his season ticket membership revoked. So all of this, you know, for a moment of showing off for probably whoever he was with, um, now you look like a, a dumbass, you dumbass. So any quick thoughts on that before we <laughs> may may you be before banned. we go throw some snowballs may you, in be <laughs> may you be banned from ever participating in sports. But um nah man, I you know, I I I'm similar in at some time. I feel the same way you do, but probably not as strongly. Uh, you know, I've leveraged and taken advantage of people's perception of Philadelphia sports fans from time to time, but overall, it does get tiring. It's a boring narrative. Yeah. I mean, we know. You know I've seen, and you can go go to YouTube real quick, them California State, people be getting a boot stretched at them California stadiums and arenas. But, I mean, you just can't throw snowballs at Santa Claus, though, yo. And by the way, you know, a fan spit, a fan of MSG spit on Trey Young last night. So, you know, there's that. That's um, far worse. That was way worse than the popcorn. Yo, that. Oh, what? Yo, that's, I, I that's assault. The today, man. That's legally assault. Like, yeah, you spit on me. Like, who I'm with is going to have to save my life from a potential murder charge and being taken away from my family. Like, seriously. I'd rather you snuff me. I, like, seriously, punch me in my face before you spit on me. I mean, you punch me, we're going to have to go as well unless you hit hard enough and I'm asleep, but spit, I don't know if there's more, a higher level of disrespect than you putting your saliva, especially on somebody's face. The dude spit on Trey Young, he spit on Trey Young's back or arm because he was behind him while he was inbounding last night. But either way, man, that, that's, that's just nasty. That's disrespect to a higher level. Um, J. Cole and his stint in the basketball league in Africa is over. I don't remember seeing this when we were talking about him going over there, but his contractual obligation was three to six games. And he's played three games. And he claims to have some family stuff that he needs to tend to in the States. Um, let me give you his statistics. 
over those three you, you games. Need more, you need more people. <laughs> you pretty much do. But his statistics over those three games, five points, three assists, and five rebounds. No, I'm not reading his averages. I'm reading his three-game total. Five points, <laughs> three assists, five rebounds, 45 minutes in three preliminary games. Now, interestingly enough, early in the week, the league's leading scorer, um, I believe his name is Terrell uh, Terrell Stoglin. Um, he told ESPN that J. Cole's addition to the league was disrespectful to the ones who sacrificed their whole lives for this. And he felt that J. Cole was taking a roster spot of someone whose only career is basketball. Now, with him coming in and leaving after three games, can you say that dude said anything that wasn't true? Because you obviously didn't want this that bad if you stayed for three games. Your album came out. Like Jimmy says, you used used it as a rollout. Pretty much. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that's what it's looking like now. It's looking like it wasn't a serious thing. Because people came to his defense when dude said that. And, you know, it's like, you know, like, dude I, I wanted to be a baller all his life, too. But at that point, I didn't know he had a three-game contract. Two days later, they talk about he's leaving. He His contractual obligation is up. So it's obvious that this was a publicity stunt on the league's part and on J. Cole's part himself. So I can't get mad you can't really get mad at what dude said if two days later they proved to you 100% that dude was correct. <laughs> um, to to that to that point, and and I'm a I'm a I'm a I can I can honestly say I'm a J Cole fan. Like I'm a fan of his music. I like his I like I like what he stands for. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this. We had an opportunity. Um, we had an opportunity not too long ago <clears throat> to go to. Brazil for uh, for soccer and COVID got in the way of that. But I got to thinking where we come from and the opportunity that our kids have to live a good life, just to live a high quality of life, right? And you go to some of these places where sports, man, these these kids don't have anything. And I didn't say anything else. I said, they don't have anything. Even the sport, they don't have it. So when you come from a first-world environment to a third-world environment to play a professional sport, at the very least, at the very least, you should be committing your life to it because you know the person whose job you're taking has likely committed theirs. So I, I, I agree with the bull, man. Yeah. I agree. I mean, it's not and much I like you can J. Say, Cole. But like I said, especially if two days later he's showing you like he was not in this. You can't man. Long run is not even a word that can even come up right now. Like you played three games, you weren't even in it for the. <laughs> come on, man! You played there. For you weren't in it for the short run, <laughs> right? Um, I guess he played as many games as AI played for um for uh, the Grizzlies. <laughs> Shout out to AI. Um. <laughs> Hey, Arlen Specter's son. Remember, Arlen Specter was the former um, U.S. senator mm-hmm. who Sen- was doing the probe into Spygate when the Patriots were cheating um, that time. You know, because they have a couple of them. But during Spygate, you know, Arlen Specter was you ain't cheating, you ain't trying doing doing the probe. So his son, 
who was, uh, I guess, a ghostwriter, I don't know, for his book or, or whatever, he was saying that Donald Trump, you know, when he was still just a reality TV star and um, fake billionaire, stepped in because he was a mutual friend of Spectre and Robert Kraft and pretty much tried to bribe Arlen Specter to to stop the, the probe. Any surprises here? I mean, you know, he was looking out for his MAGA brothers. I mean, what do we expect? Uh, this is not news unless we're going to bring charges. If we're not bringing charges and we're not going to try and impeach the president, and yes, I know that he's no longer the president, and I know that he can no longer be impeached, but it sounded fly. If we're not going to impeach the ex-president, there's nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. We know how Trump gets down. All right, so last thing before we get out of here, uh, Charlemagne the God went on the air on the Breakfast Club and apologized to Kwame Brown um, for mentioning you know, personal things about his family when he was speaking about him last week. And if you heard, you know, what Charlemagne was actually saying, he was actually low-key trying to defend Kwame Brown, but he kind of went on this rant about his family and how they kind of get busy. But, you know, street code-wise, it was kind of snitching. And and he he was doing too much in his defense, Kwame didn't like it, so Kwame started, you know, he went in on him, calling him all kinds of rapists and all of that kind of stuff. Anyway, he went on the Breakfast Club uh, and apologized to Kwame for, for doing that. A lot of people said, oh, he weak, blah, blah, blah. But I actually think it was the right thing to do. There was a couple of words in the apology where, you know, he still hit you with the, even though everything I said was true, more unnecessary rhetoric. But you know, he gave dude like a six-minute apology, gave himself donkey of the day. Any quick thoughts on that before we roll out? Because a lot of these dudes actually Yo, care about um, being on Kwame's list. Like, I, I don't care. Hurt, so, you know, hurt Kwame people. Uh, bad, hurt so. people. Hurt people. Um, and Kwame is obviously this is somewhat of a some sort of cry for help or cry for attention. Um, but I also would like to say just quickly because I haven't been able to weigh in on the shenanigans. In his own way, if, if, if his stated goal, if his stated goal is true, which is to bring to light the assassination of character that occurs with black masculinity in the media and the weaponizing of black media members, I'm not mad at what his intentions are. I just don't think he has the tools and the skill set to be the messenger and his communication is too juvenile yeah, but for I, it to work. I also think but I'm not mad at what he's up. trying to do. I also think he made mm-hmm. a lot of that up because they were going at him. Like a lot of the dudes he went at don't have a history of, you know, bringing down black dudes, but because they talked about him being a bum, now that's what they're doing. So, you know, shout out to Kwame. He got the attention that he see that you know he was seeking. But we got to get up out of here, man. So we like to thank you brothers and sisters of course for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room and uh on our in our chat group on Facebook, Twitter, um all the callers who called in to chop it up with us, man. Tune in next week live right here or on demand. 
as we catch you up on all the goings on in the world of sports. So until then, whatever you're watching, um, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, enjoy it. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, stay safe in them streets. And if you're in one of those regions, man, good luck dealing with them loud-ass, deep-ass cicadas. We'll see you right back here next time. Be sure to catch our conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as our blogs, webcasts, and network podcasts on warroomsports.com. Also, make sure you pick up a copy of Jimmy's book at sportsthebook.com or warroomsports.com. So until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity and be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top. Happy born day, Jimmy the Blueprint. Holla. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.